0: Welcome to The Long Game with Elsie and Leach from the recounted A-Cast, where every week we talk about the biggest stories in sports and how they impact culture, politics, and business. I'm the Matthew Stafford fan, LZ Granderson. He's Will Leach.
1: He is not a Matthew Stafford fan, but he is here with you in person. In person! It's amazing. You're beautiful. We have a very full slate of stuff to discuss today, as always. After quite possibly the most thrilling NFL playoff weekend ever, which saw three upsets all four games in on the last play, and I presume my co-host almost having a freaking heart attack we'll begin with our preview of this sunday's nfl conference championship games which i can confirm do in fact include lz's los angeles rams
0: whose house
1: not my house at all we'll also break down the results of our long game fantasy playoff draft lz we are guaranteed to be tied heading into the super bowl so this is turning out to be an epic competition that is taking just a little bit longer than i expected it to for me to win I can't
0: believe you think the AOC is going to win the Super Bowl. I have no choice right now, by the way. My Packers <laughs> got knocked out. I have no choice. After that, we're going to talk Lakers and dig into the many reasons for the team's disappointing start to the season. Will, if LeBron fails to win another championship in his career, who do you think is going to be blamed for it the most? Because there are plenty of suspects, and I'm ready to name some names.
1: I'm just saying that Michael Jordan was—oh, so we're not having that debate? Sorry. We're not I thought, doing oh, that okay, debate. Good. Thank no. God for that. Thank God for that. We'll also take a look at the current state of Major League Baseball. Although it might sound odd because it's in the middle of a labor dispute, I actually think the sport is doing a lot better than most people give it credit for, even though it takes a lot of criticism, somewhat fairly, for its slow pace and lack of action. Elsie, set me straight. Am I right that baseball is actually thriving, or has it lost touch with what most people love about the game? I'm still stuck. That You want me to set you straight? (laughs) I finally have this opportunity now that you've met me. That's a good line. But before we get into all that, LZ, I think it is only right and fair that you share with us the emotional journey that you have been on since the Rams first kicked off to the Bucks on Sunday afternoon. So let's have it, LZ. What is your sports mood right now? Well, my friend,
0: have you heard of the turnover chain? I have heard of the turnover chain, yes. Have you heard of the Rams chain? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> This is my good luck Rams chain that I've had since the Conference mm-hmm. Championship where we went to the Super Bowl. I was wearing it on Sunday. So you didn't like bust it out with, to like, it's not like a rally change. No, no, no. You had no, it from no, the no, beginning, no. okay. No, okay. I had it from the okay. very, very beginning. Listen, man, I had no problems whatsoever that entire You weren't game. sweating nothing. In fact, I tweeted a picture of me drinking Long Island's iced teas because I'm ratchet. And on <laughs> top of that, <laughs> uh-huh. in the middle of the fourth quarter, while they're tied, I tweeted out unbothered. You know why? Because Matthew Stafford has more comeback victories than any other QB since he's been drafted. And people don't know that because we don't pay attention to Detroit. I do because I'm from Detroit. Mm. So I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried at all. we just had a lot of opportunities being behind. I will true. say I that's saw
1: true. those tweets and did not believe you that you were unbothered because I was losing my mind and I was a Rams fan. So <laughs> like, I, you go, to go from 27-3. When the Bucks came all the way back to Ty, it felt like another Brady thing, right? Like well, I see, live in Georgia, I saw tons of like, I said, so I, I guarantee every Falcons They did Falcons not come fan.
0: back. We let them back in. You allowed them, how cordial, how yes, nice. Yes, Roger Goodell gave us a call and that said, very guys, nice. people are tuning away. Is there anything you can do to make this game more interesting? We said, you know, why don't we give the old man a chance? Were you joyous when they finally break through? Or are you just like, yeah, I knew. I, yeah, I, I hope I hope that guy doesn't mind that I punched him in the arm that many times. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, I was very joyous. Well, we'll find out. I was wondering who had served us before. the.
1: the uh, <laughs> what about
0: you? What's your sports move?
1: It's weird because we're doing this on Twitch. So it's live tonight. My beloved Illinois Fighting Illini are playing the Michigan State Spartans. Tom mm. Izzo and his punch people in the face defense tonight. <laughs> Kofi Coburn has a concussion. We don't know if he's going to play. Listeners at home, you will know if he plays and you'll know whether or not. I am happy. That's my sports mood. It is sad.
0: <laughs> well, then we should probably move on to our first topic of the day, oh, which I'm is sorry. back to the NFL and our fantasy draft. Fifty-two yard Sweeps the leg. Max Pearson. He's got it. Cincinnati wins. And good. 49ers win it. And this crowd and that Packers team is stunned. Rams getting set. 30 yards to win the game. Matt Gape boots it through.
1: And the Rams, by the hair of their skinny teeth, teeth. wind up winning three it. three games so far, a walk-off field goal. Yes. All three. Chiefs
0: to the championship game. This is just unfathomable. The Bills had won this game. It was over. Josh Allen with a perfect postseason. And Patrick Mahomes somehow comes out there and shows the world I'm still here. Oh my gosh, one of the great games you'll ever see. That
1: was the sound of some of the best or depending on your perspective, worst moments of the astonishing divisional round of the NFL playoffs, which saw all four games get decided in the last second. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady go home, Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo advance. Joe Burrow showed he's ready for the biggest stage. And Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen proved that they belong in their own league entirely in what was probably the best postseason game ever. Sure felt that way. In other words, it was just another weekend in the charmed life of America's national pastime. But all of course, that was just the appetizer for this coming Sunday, which is sure to be one of the best sports states of the year when San Francisco faces LZ's beloved Rams and Kansas City takes on Cincinnati in the conference championship games. So let's preview. These great matchups, and also get to our hyper competitive playoff fantasy draft. The winner of which, which will be me, will be determined by whoever wins the Super Bowl. LZ, there is so much to discuss
0: after that weekend. Where do you want to start? I hadn't been that hyped for an ending right. since LeBron came back from three one against Golden State. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out when was the last time I was this excited about the way that sports ended. Yeah, right. And right that right. that was it. The iguadala block, and or you know, right, right. like that was crazy. I think we got to start with what was the best of the four games, right? Which was Chiefs Bills oh. and the controversy about the OT rule. If so what you do you will. think? What do you think? I think you play some fucking defense. Yeah, it's that's that's what what I think. I think. Like,
1: that was the that's sort like, of game where no one is going to at the end be like, "Oh well, I'm glad they lost. They deserved it." It was an amazing game. It was when an someone amazing has game. to lose, and I know that social media like encourages everyone to be angry and, right. and describe these things, but. Someone had to lose that game and it's a shame that it was Buffalo and it's a shame it came from a coin flip, but like you also But it
0: didn't come from a coin flip. You're allowed to stop them. (laughs) You're You're allowed allowed to to stop them. You're allowed to stop them when you had thirteen
1: seconds left and they had to drive the length of the field. I think of a game like that too, we always do these revisionist stuff. Like, oh, he should have squib kicked. There wasn't a single person that was watching that thinking, <laughs> Oh, they should totally squib kick right now. They're like, kick the shit out of there's 13 seconds. There's they can't go down seconds, there in 13 right. seconds. Exactly. But I feel like it's a sign of a really amazing game right. when that happens. When at the end, it just feels
0: somehow fundamentally and cosmically wrong right. that someone lost. You know, the, the real funny thing is that, and I don't know how you feel about it. I actually felt as if Josh outdueled Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he was basically perfect. I, I thought he <laughs> outdo him, <laughs> yeah. but Patrick just has better weapons. So you can give a quick pass to Tyreek in right. the flat and he'll run it for 70 yards. Yeah,
1: you got to throw the pass, ball, but then after that, he's
0: gone. <laughs> right. right. So right, I right. mean, like, and I'm not taking anything away, anything yeah. at all about how amazing Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. But it just felt as if, if I'm looking strictly at QB play, it felt as if between the design runs, the fact that most of Josh, if not all of his throws, were in the end zone right, right, as opposed right, right. to, you know, yak. I just felt as if Josh really outdoed him in that. And that, to me, is the most disappointing part. Because typically we like to, when it comes to the narrations of these games, yeah. it's about who outdoed whom. Yeah. And people will remember this as Patrick defeated... Yeah, and it's like, yeah, no, it's like eh, someone has to win. Like someone it's to... <laughs> has to win, but I don't <laughs> right. know if I'm comfortable yeah. saying that Patrick
1: outdueled Josh. Part of that game that made that game so exciting, too, is kind of what happened earlier with the Bengals beating the Titans. Listen, Burrow got nailed nine times. He got sacked nine times nine in that game. Time. Burrow looks, and Burrow is dropped sack after sack after sack. Burrow dropped again. It's an onslaught. That's an incredible performance. I thought Chase was great. I thought their defense yep. was good. They were key. But like one of the reasons the Chiefs-Bills game was so exciting is it felt a little bit like the AFC championship game already. Obviously, the Bengals are good. But the way the Bills and Chiefs played, that felt like a Super Bowl. And yeah. so when I look at like the Bengals, listen, this is the first two playoff wins in 30 years. Like, I, it's very exciting. That's the very exciting. definition of being excited to be there. But the way that Burrow was getting drilled, that looks bad for the Kansas Man, City. Yeah.
0: it looked so bad. And... The good thing is, is that I don't think Casey's defense is anywhere near right. what he had just been through. And we don't have to see Ryan Tannehill play anymore for the rest yeah, of the season. That was, <laughs> like, it's that,
1: was, <laughs> that was one of those things you go going into the playoffs, you're like, okay, look at all these awesome quarterbacks, Brady right. We'll get into and we'll get into them too. But like also Tannehill. He's been fine. Like I don't mean to it say means, he's like a he's, terrible he's, quarterback, he's, right. but the age of the Trent Dilfer just don't make any mistakes. Right.
0: Like, that age is over. You got to have the quarterbacks. You got to have good. I mean, you're looking at the numbers here. And he was by far the worst performing, and yeah. not just based upon numbers. I mean, the eyeball test looks at you, oh. and you, you go, he missed throws, you know. And, the and kid, not, that
1: horrible though at the end. Oh my that god, that cost him the whole thing. That cost him <laughs> the whole thing,
0: which is why when I mean, you asked me before about my sports mood, yeah. and even though the game was tied, you gave Matthew Stafford 40 seconds. Right, right, right. Matthew Stafford has come back in this right. moment, time and time and time again. He hasn't thrown an interception in the fourth quarter this entire season. Something clicks in his mind in money time. And I think you saw that with every single QB, with the exception of Ryan Tannehill. If I'm thinking what's next for that team, you got to be asking yourself, can this guy do what the other seven did?
1: Yeah, that's the thing that we're talking about how important quarterbacks are and maybe the two best quarterbacks of all time, both lost, (laughs) both both Rodgers and, of course, Brady. The Rams destroyed him. Like, I I, I don't feel like Brady played But we've always destroyed him. Yeah, and like, he he had no time to do it. You forget sometimes that Tom Brady is like (laughs) 44. Like, it's like legitimately- I don't because the media never lets us forget. I mean, I'm a little bit older than that, not dramatically so, but a little bit older than that. If those guys hit me, I would be dead forever. Now, I don't have the great eating habits of Tom Brady, but more to the point, I thought he was gonna die like several (laughs)
0: times. Aaron Donald against Tom Brady feels like someone is legitimately going to get destroyed. I don't know what it is about these particular matchups, but what I said earlier, we've always gotten to him. That even includes the Super Bowl. It was a 3-3 game in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl against the Rams. It's something about that matchup with Tampa Bay and with Tom Brady just in general that I didn't feel worried about the outcome even when it was tied. One, because on offense, we were moving the ball very well. And on defense, Tom wasn't. Yeah. And I just knew that the only reason why they were even in the game was because of four freaking fumbles. Right, Rams <laughs> right, right, right. It wasn't because Tom Brady was shredding our defense, so. I also feel like a telling thing about how the last year
1: of football has changed a lot of our public perceptions. Mm-hmm. People were actually happier to see Aaron Rodgers lose than they were to watch Tom Brady lose. <laughs> I thought Rodgers was just like really kind of off the whole game. It is remarkable to me to see how much Aaron Rodgers has lost in the last year. Remember, he, like he was like, I'll retire to go host Jeopardy. Right. I have to say, I feel like people feel a lot more positive about Aaron Rodgers right now if he does that. <laughs> like, And he didn't even get a Super Bowl out of it, right? Like this, like the way that Aaron Rodgers to be able to tell everybody to screw off right. is to win the Super Bowl. And he didn't. All the great jokes, throw Rogan and uh, Rush Lambeau. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Rush Lambeau is probably my favorite. Yeah, right, Bart Scott. I like that one too. <laughs> people liked Aaron Rodgers before right. this year. The piling on of him to see the schadenfreude of... Uh, Aaron Rodgers losing
0: is quite a change from what we've seen You know, the the thing is, is that Aaron has always gotten a pass because he always appeared just liberal enough to be likable by the Blues. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think... By the left-leaning people. Because he's been a a dick much of his career. When you go back and you think about the press conferences, what has he said about the front office, what has he said about wide receivers. Remember when they didn't draft the wide receiver and he was basically trashing his entire wide yeah. receiving core. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. but he got a pass because there are a lot of people because he who, can host jeopardy. Because he's smart. <laughs> right, right. Right. Right, And he Oh, I know, thought he was. He and he <laughs> appeared to be someone who a lot of people on the left appreciated. Yeah. And so it was the MAGA switcher room yeah. while being an asshole. Right. That was shocking to everyone. There were moments in which the joke was Aaron Roger can come to the cookout. And for those yeah. who don't know what the cookout is, it's basically like Black people view you as someone that we could fuck with. And then in a matter of seconds, he just trashed all of that. And for what? For Pat McAfee? At least do it for Oprah. (laughs) Like what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Pat didn't really ask any real questions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean like he's gotten Rogan's. He's he's gotten Rogan'd in a way that is disturbing to say the least. And the worst part about that, as far as I'm concerned,
0: is that was my team that I picked in our draft. I that wasn't had, <laughs> just your team, people. That was the first team he only- picked. He had the entire landscape to pick a team first. And he picked the one team that didn't even win a fucking game in the playoffs. One of the nice
1: things <laughs> about realizing that I'm now seeing LZ in person is realizing just how mean you can be to me. Uh, you
0: know, I'm rocking
1: uh, <laughs> the, the, the Rams chain. The Packers were my first pick. And yes. it would have been a lot of people's first pick. So basically, we are actually set up in our contest, in our draft, to have the Super Bowl be the deciding I know. game. Because I have both AFC teams. I yep. have the Bengals. And who's the other AFC team? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The Chiefs. And uh-huh. uh, the Chefs, if you're a uh, great googly moogly. And then you've got both uh, the Rams and the 49ers. We haven't really yeah. talked about the 49ers much. As a Rams fan, are you nervous about them at all? Fuck
0: yeah! Yeah, well, okay. mean, okay. <laughs> you- they've they beaten us six times in a yeah, row. Right, right, they've right. spotted us 17 yeah. points and we've lost. They've gone up by 30 points and we've lost. They've beaten us every way possible. What are possible. they doing? What are they doing? They are just outmanning us. Okay. Sunday's matchup is really a game about not X's and O's. It's about heart. Yeah. Because that team went into your stadium when you had an opportunity to lock up the the NFC West, the number two seed. And the way that they did it to us and how it ended with the guy that you went out and traded for throwing a pick and ending the game, all of that looked ugly. So, yeah, there's a chance to win the Super Bowl. But this is also a gut check. If you let this team beat you again and go to the freaking Super Bowl in your house, winning seven in a row, everybody. With Jimmy Garoppolo. With Jimmy Garoppolo. With Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) without a thumb. Yeah. And he's a lame duck coach, a lame duck QB. This is not a situation... That is simply, well, we'll come back next year. No, if we lose this game, there needs to be an evaluation of the entire franchise. That's how much is on the line now. But the point is, is no matter what, we are going to decide a winner in yes. the
1: Super Bowl. We, we, I, I, I can't believe close. you picked the AFC. My big mistake, obviously, was picking Arizona over San Francisco.
0: Oh, I meant to give you something. I've been so tr- I'm glad you brought that up. I, I brought this now? from You're Arizona. Props. You see this? It's uh, Arizona Cardinal lip balm. I brought this for him. Why would you need that in Arizona? Because <laughs> well, it's dry, dog. Yeah, know, I'm just kidding, obviously. It's dry, it's <laughs> I'm dry. just kidding, obviously. That's, I, that's I, the wanted, I wanted to give you a gift. Thank you for you that. You know, something to lift you up since there won't be any championship division Thank titles you. anytime just, soon. Just, just it here. Just, Actually, no, because I've been using just, it. Oh, yeah. Because Cause, cause it's cold please, outside. I just actually wanted to just fuck with you. Please keep it. Sorry, Please keep bad. it.
1: We've been updating people on the podcast for the contest, but it will not be settled because no matter what, each of us are going to have a team in the Super Bowl. And,
0: Again, the NFC has been the best conference the entire time. Right. I can't believe you picked two AFC teams. I mean, well, what, the one of them has been to the Super Bowl. They got a chance to go for the third straight year. I, I do, you do trust to, that spot?
1: I do. I think the Titans would have been a better matchup for them. Their defense is not great, but it is enough to mess with that Bengals offensive line. Like, they're,
0: they're a usually, huge mess. Usually the defense is bend, don't break. Yeah. Their defense is break, but we have Patrick. Yeah, Burrow is. I, I mean, he's so
1: impressive. He's clearly established himself. It's amazing what he's done. He was a backup at Ohio State four years ago, right. and now he's he's got. Who was the coach
0: for that team? I Ohio don't remember. State?
1: I don't remember. But I feel like I've gotten a lap dance either from him or given him one. I don't remember. What happens in Columbus stays in Columbus. Apparently not. Uh. Anyway, the point is, of all the games, the Bengals that feels like the team least likely to win this week I actually feel I just, like them against the 49ers would be kind of an interesting game yeah. but I feel like the Ram as you said the Rams 49ers thing is super super they, yeah. they have the number in they a lot are, of ways right. and Exactly. I, I don't see Burrow be able to it's amazing that they has got this far I have friends in Cincinnati who are losing their mind to go 30 <laughs> years without winning a playoff game no, this is incredible and it speaks to one thing I would like to close on this if, if I could mm. I really want to kind of pour one out for Bills fans they have been through so much to lose that game been through so much yes, the I'm course. from Detroit I'm not even trying to Hear that, they lost dog. four
0: Super Bowls in a row. We've never been, been to a no Super Bowl. Two. Is it better to have never. gone? Yeah, it's totally better to have gone. No. Is it better to? to is it better to have loved and lost or to never have loved
1: at they all? They just like there were three separate moments. I well, I was like, oh, well the Bills won, they've done it. Like they've yeah. done, it. and it felt like if they don't win that game, I feel like they're heavy favorites over the Bengals. I think that yeah, I think yeah, they maybe even be a better matchup for the Bengals than the Chiefs are. So sorry, Bills right. fans. Your misery continues. The only way, thing you can do now is jump through a table. I think that's probably
0: what you were doing anyway, jumping through tables. Last question for yes, you, sir. Super Bowl winner, four teams. Who do you have winning? I've. Uh, this
1: brings me no joy to say this, but the team that looks like it's playing the best right now is the Rams. Wait, did you say that again? The Chiefs.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, i'll say it once
0: I All right, fine. fine. <laughs> speaking of the la mm. aspect of the rams let's move on to our next big topic which is the shit show known as the lakers the shit and show. who are we going to blame westbrook in the breath this is the three martin with a rebound and the heat win the game 113 to 107 That, my friends, was the sound of the Lakers losing to the Miami Heat on Sunday night as the team dropped below 500 and into eighth place in the Western Conference with a disappointing 23-24 and record. The Lakers were expected to compete for the NBA championship this season, but right now it looks like anything but a contender. 37-year-old superstar LeBron James is hardly the problem. He's second in the league in scoring and still is in the conversation with best player in the league. But so much else has gone wrong. The offseason season trade for Russell Westbrook has not worked out. We should have Alex Caruso still on the team and a bunch of the other free agents that they did sign, like Kent Bazemore and DeAndre Jordan, they haven't worked out. And on top of all of that, the Lakers' other superstar, Anthony Davis, also known as Street Clothes, hasn't played in a month <laughs> because of a knee injury. Now, Davis is expected to be back soon. And if he can get healthy, the Lakers have a chance to get back and be good again. But this feels like a franchise in decline right now. And if LeBron doesn't win a championship again, people are going to be pointing fingers. So who's to blame for this mess? Lakers management led by GM Rob Pelinka, for the ill-advised offseason moves. The coach Frank Vogel for not elevating the level of play. LeBron for pushing for the Westbrook trade, Westbrook for his subpar shoot the ball off the backboard performances, (laughs) and Anthony Davis for, you know, just always being hurt. Will, do you think LeBron can win a championship again with this franchise? I feel like if he's going to do it,
1: he better do it now, right? It's not like the roster is set up to be like, oh, well, they're a year away. The whole thing is now. Davis is not going to get more healthy or more dialed up. LeBron is obviously not going to get any younger. That's actually the really kind of terrifying thing about this if you're a Lakers fan, and I know a few. (laughs) Um, The the terrifying thing about that is this is the best chance it feels like they're going to have for a while because LeBron is playing amazing Right. right now. He is obviously not the problem at least in, you can argue about roster management, we can have that discussion, but certainly the way he's playing, he's playing at a level that is absolutely ridiculous that he has his age to be able to play that way and they're still under 500. Like there's no growth. The growth happens to happen now because it's hard to see how everyone getting a year older makes them any better this year. So I don't think they can pull it off this year, which is to say, I don't think they're ever going to get one. I totally disagree with you. Okay.
0: I disagree with you. Ever or just this year? You think they can come back and get one this year? I don't know if they can come back this year, but the the question was, can LeBron win a championship with this franchise? And I would argue that LeBron is still very much in a conversation of best player in the league. Agreed. So we haven't even got to LeBron's just an all-star level. Right, yet, right, right. You know, so he appears to still have a lot of gas in the tank. If LeBron had dipped, right, right. and he was playing at an all-star level, then I would have been yeah. worried. And I know people think you're splitting hairs like going, No, no I get it. I no. get it. if you're an MVP candidate, if you're being considered the best in the game, yeah. then you have a lot of room to wiggle. He's got a chance to
1: win th- a scoring title. <laughs> it's, right,
0: right. it's crazy. Which, and I do believe that would be the biggest gap in NBA yeah. history wow. between like the 20 first years. time he right. won right. and now right. with KD, who's number one being out for almost two months. Right. He's going to fall off because he wouldn't have played enough games. And so at one point, LeBron's going to be the league's leading scorer. Which is wild. Which is wild. <laughs> What's even wilder? He's doing that shooting over 50% from the field. Yeah. And he's shooting a career high in free throws right now. Yeah. Normally, he would have dipped down by now right, because right. he's not a great free throw shooter, but he's hovering around 75%, 77% from the free throw line. So we haven't seen the LeBron that only give you 20 on 47% right. shooting yet. Right, right, you know, like, right, when right, is right, that guy right, going right, to show up, right, right? right? So I think there's still a lot of opportunity for LeBron to win as a Laker. I think the biggest issue is whether or not Anthony Davis is that dude to take the mantle. When I say I'm not, I don't think they win one, it's not because I think LeBron isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. It's everybody else. The reason why that trade was made wasn't solely based upon let's win a championship right now. I mean, obviously you wanted to right. and it worked out for us, but the other aspect of the trade was let's get a young superstar who can take the mantle for LeBron James when LeBron James does eventually say goodbye. But I don't think anybody who watches the league thinks Anthony Davis is ready to lead a team to a championship. Basically, yeah. what we're witnessing is, oh, it wasn't all on New Orleans. Yeah. I, when, when they made that trade, I think they and I
1: think a lot of people thought he was that guy.
0: Yeah. I, I, I thought there was I every reason did. to believe he was that guy. I thought it was the front office yeah. of New Orleans that didn't know what to do with yeah, that dude. Yeah. And it looks like it's a combination of the two.
1: I mean, you watch this team obviously super, super closely yep. and see Davis when you, he gets the opportunity to play when street <laughs> clothes, as Barkley uh, famously calls him. I call him after the street clothes Davis because he's always in street clothes. What is it about Davis that has clearly fallen off so dramatically this year? Is it just injuries or is there something else going on?
0: You know, it's, that's a really good question. So we win the championship, and he comes into the next season, the shortest offseason in the league's history, and he comes into that hurt, right? And so then he spends another season basically in and out of the lineup. I think the numbers are yeah, he plays 36 of 72 games, right right, right? Right, right right? So he comes in short off season, next season only 36 games. comes into this season healthy, but also remembering he just had a complete year of injuries. Right. And I think part of the reason why you see him fall down a lot on fallaway jump shots is because he's afraid someone's going to come underneath them. he's going to land on the feet, and then re-injure himself. And so he chooses to fall down, knowing <laughs> that he won't have to take the chance of someone being underneath him and hurting him in another way. Can he fix that? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> right. know, because... There is an aspect of me wondering, is he satisfied? And that's what we're witnessing. I think it's really about caution with injuries. And you can't play scared. You can't play any sport scared. And you certainly can't lead a team to a championship if your guy is scared. And when you look at the way that LeBron plays, who's also had some injuries since he's been a Lakers— you don't ever see him. He's not playing scared. Yeah, you don't think he's <laughs> right. going <to> be scared. <laughs> right. He's still going right. to the cup hard. He's not falling away from smaller players. He's making them pay for putting a smaller player on him, which is remarkable that he's still doing that. Which it's is really which is crazy. remarkable that he's still doing it. But it's what you should do. Period. Yeah. yeah like right. if a small but... guy is on you, why <laughs> are you falling away? Yeah. You yeah. should be punishing the team and for everybody is to that, that dude, right, to Anthony right? <laughs> Anthony Davis, right? So the question is, is he ready to play fearlessly right. again? Yeah. And if he's not able to play fearlessly, I'm not saying that we have to trade him necessarily, but what we have to do is find a number one, because he clearly can't be the number right. one. And I think that is the issue for the future in terms of LeBron James in the championship. If LeBron dips down to 19, 20 points a game, right. and if Anthony Davis is fearful, then who's the fucking number one? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> right? Yeah. It can't be Westbrook.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not. It's definitely not. He's. Not, I'm not sure he's six or seven at this I point. I mean, it's, 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 it's... And that leads to the other thing. There were decisions that this front office made. A lot of people are like, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? It just it clearly has not worked out.
0: Last season, one of the biggest problems was LeBron had to initiate all the offense because they had very few, if any, other players besides LeBron and AD. And he was worn down by the end of the year. That could right? get their own shot, right, right? right? So then they go out and they trade for a bunch of guys that can get their own shot. And then you look at the numbers and <laughs> you find out they're literally in the same place in terms of offensive rating. The thing they were supposed to help. The thing they were supposed to help. <laughs> they were 24th out of 30th last year, they're 24th out of 30th this year, and even though Monk and Mello can all create their own shot, we as an offensive rating anyway haven't gotten better. But our defense has collapsed. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Last year we were right. number one, now yeah. we're number 16. So I think the front office with Polenka and Genie and Magic and Kurt Rambis. The fact that you had to name so many people is like also probably part of the problem. May, maybe <laughs> part of the problem. It's just that the yeah. Lakers like to be a family organization. Yeah. So that's yeah. also the reason why there's so many people involved because yeah. it's a family run yeah. business. But, which is great. Which is great but until no, someone yeah, needs right. to come down and say no. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, there's a lot of energy obviously towards Jeremy Grant as there should be. I would argue, I would comb through the G League and see how many more Stanley Johnsons you can find. Uh, It's impressive they found one. How many young bucks who, for whatever reasons, fell out of favor, fell out of the league, couldn't get minutes, whatever, who want an opportunity to go out there and just fucking run and play. They don't want to be the dude anymore. They don't want to score 20 anymore. They just want an opportunity to play in this league again. That's what you're seeing from Stanley Johnson, a one-time lottery pick, and I think that's what they need to go out and do. No more made guys. Find guys who need to be made and make
1: them. And I get that. And that totally makes sense. But at a certain level, it does seem like perhaps an indictment of the current situation. The strategy to get the Lakers out of this is hope Davis finds his soul again. Right. And hope you can find some dudes for free from the G League. Like that's <laughs> that's, that's that's the strategy.
0: I agree. But, that's but what the strategy should look be. go to State Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, their team the, right, is like right, dudes right. who were discarded or too young or guys that no one really thought a great yeah. deal of. Wiggins was basically like as, as an afterthought. Yeah. But what happened? He realized he was losing his career. Yeah. He gets with a great team and a great organization. And they said, we're going to give you another chance to yeah. show why you were the number one overall pick. And he's been showing it. And he's been, they almost traded him like several times. And it's worked out great. Right. Yeah. Right, so I, I think that there are opportunities there. It, it sounds terrible, comb through the garbage to see if you find a gem. Hopefully, yes. But Alice Caruso, yeah, I agree, worked out until they tr- they let him go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was responsible for that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
1: we're to find the person who did find this. Find the people and, who um, thought that we didn't need the Caruso. There is a certain segment of NBA fan that honestly is just like, enough with the fucking Lakers. Like they're not that great. Why do we have to stop pretending this is a legitimate contender? This is not a real team. I think that's silly because they've got freaking LeBron. I think right. if you got LeBron, you shouldn't be able to do that.
0: Is there time for them? To, it's not Absolutely. like it's not like they're in 11th. Like
1: they're still Absolutely. hanging around.
0: Absolutely. And and I know that there are people who are like, they won't have home court advantage or can you depend on Anthony Davis's health and et cetera, et cetera. I don't like to bet against LeBron James in the finals or in the playoffs because more often than not, when he's in the playoffs, he ends up in the finals. Right. Yeah. That's not hyperbole. That's just fucking the truth. Yeah. Like, what, 16 trips to the postseason? Up until like last year. (laughs) 10, 11 trips to the finals? It's insane. So you're saying the guy who more often than not ends up in the finals, do you think they'll cause any damage once they get to the playoffs? The only reason why the Phoenix Suns made it that far is because Anthony Davis got hurt again. When Anthony Davis was healthy, two games, we blew the Suns out. Wasn't even thinking about it. Then AD went down again. So the question is, can AD be there for Bron when it's money time? He's done it once. Can he do it again?
1: Last thing on this, when it comes to LeBron, he got the title in Los Angeles. I feel like he's probably just a made man kind of forever. As a close Laker observer, if you were to like rank the people that are most responsible for the Lakers being in this situation, where would you put LeBron?
0: Where would you put Polinka? Where would you put Davis? Number one is Anthony Davis for me. Because when Bron went out with his ankle injury and they had Anthony Davis and Westbrook and everyone else, they were losing to a fucking Oklahoma City Thunder. (laughs) Yeah, that's bad. And not just once. Yeah, right. LeBron shows up and then they blow them out. So AD goes out, Bron basically takes his We see what the constant
1: is. Right, right, right. (laughs) So
0: I think that's number one. And I hate to use the word blame, but there's no other way to describe that. If Anthony Davis plays to his potential, this conversation is totally different. This is really starting with the fact that even when LeBron went out, everyone was asking, what's going on with AD? So he's number one to me. Number two obviously has to be Yeah. Right. Even if LeBron James is the one that forced you or encouraged you to trade for Westbrook, your options are, OK, no. <laughs> right. Like this be- is what you're because, there for. <laughs> because you did that with Ty <laughs> right. Lue and right. Bron right. wanted Ty right. Lue to be your coach. Right. You said no. Right. right. So you can say no. Right. But the other thing, too, is so we're going to give you Westbrook, but I'm going to surround Westbrook and AD and Bron with dogs right. <laughs> who just want to run. We right. just want to right. Right. They option not to do that. So this is part of the consequence. And I have a lot of confidence in Rob Plink. I know I'm trashing him right now, but I also know that's the dude that everybody laughed at when he went out and got JaVel McGee. And we haven't won a championship since he left.
1: I find it telling that the one person that people tend to not blame uh, is Vogel, is the coach. So many people are established that you feel like if to make a move, the one guy you can get rid of, right. or one, the one thing you can do is to fire Vogel. Right. I don't think Vogel is like some
0: brilliant coach, but he's not the problem. And, I, and I, I think that's part of it too. Okay. Let's play this game. Okay. We fire Vogel right now. Who's the person that's going to come in and change the scenario then? If you're jumping away from Vogel, then you have to be jumping to something. If yep. you're just reshuffling the chairs, that's what, that's then just doing. stay on the fucking right. boat as right. is because nothing's going to change. Now, if you have an idea coach in mind that right. you think can help you, then yeah, fire Vogel, hire that person and move on. I have not heard of that coach, right? right. You know, so it's
1: certainly not midstream. Certainly, <laughs> like, certainly not, not midstream. Military, yeah. And
0: also, if you do know of a coach that's available right now, at this point of the freaking season, then why is that person <laughs> available? Right. right? Or why is <laughs> he already here? Why <laughs> is right. there anything never? That's kind of like at the bar. And it's two o'clock in the morning. I know why I'm here. Why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? yeah that's
0: a terrifyingly intimate metaphor for me. Uh, I will tell <laughs> sorry. you. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. sorry. That's okay. It's a good thing I'm gay. I will borrow some clothes till four. We have two more hours. <laughs> that's true. Oh, in fact, so most true. of guys will show up until two So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> So to me, that's a big thing about the Lakers too, is- that I think is forgotten. They're still close. They're not in the Eastern Conference. Like I think they're a game under five hundred. They can get on a run I and mean, win like three or four in a row. They're like in fourth or fifth place. Well, the West is it's packed. it's maybe not gettable at the top. It's top heavy. Yeah, but I think that there's right. move for them to get. There's room right. for them to get.
0: Right. Up. And even if you look at the top, I mean, Golden State since Draymond's been gone, they're starting to falter a little bit, which just highlights how important he is. Yeah. I know we like it's to call him shooting, a yeah. single double, yeah, is, <laughs> his nickname, right? <laughs> right? But that's because the other things that he does is really instrumental to helping the win. He's not. There. And Steph's been hurt by it because no one knows him in terms of ball movement and where to place the ball when he's coming off screens than Draymond. So that's part of the reason why they've been struggling. I really feel as if when Anthony Davis returns and assuming that he's healthy, that this conversation we just had will fall by the wayside by All-Star. We'll brand. all feel silly about it.
1: I hope so. The Lakers are like an establishment franchise. I think the league is better
0: when the when the Lakers are established. That's what we like to say on the best coast. Yeah. But then I think the New York Knicks fans feel the same way, and they haven't won since the 70s. So. I'm fully aware. I'm oh, sorry. Was I no dig at your team?
1: It was. Um All right. Time for a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the current state of Major League Baseball. Call me a contrarian, or just call me Will. But I think its future is a lot brighter than people are willing to admit. Can I Call You Maybe? <laughs> as long as you sing it. Are we, are we willing to pay for the, uh, <laughs> for, for the clip?
0: The Long Game with LZ
1: and All right, LZ, we're back. Smith.
0: VO2. Left side, Swanson to first. The Braves are world champions.
1: That was the sound of the last out of the 2021 World Series when the Atlanta slash Smyrna slash Cobb County Braves beat the Houston Astros to claim their first championship in 26 years. Hopefully, more baseball is on the way soon. But since the collective bargaining agreement between owners and players expired in early December, the two sides are apparently far apart in the negotiations, and it's anyone's guess right now if the 2022 season will start on time. That did not stop The Athletic from releasing its annual MLB fan survey last week, and I have to say, its results were pretty fascinating. 63% of the almost 12,000 subscribers who responded to the survey are either disappointed or angry with the state of baseball right now, and only 2.8% are happy. Again, these are people on the internet. No one is happy on the internet. That's a pretty high percentage for people being happy on the internet, all told. While this likely has a lot to do with a labor strife, there's no doubt that baseball has taken enormous criticism in recent years for slow pace of play, the continued tanking of some teams, and a reduction in game action because strikeouts have been increasing. While some of this criticism is certainly valid, I also think there's enough evidence to show that baseball is actually still insanely popular. Even when sames weren't at full capacity until mid-season last year because of COVID, over 45 million people still went to see games. Baseball's local TV ratings are substantially higher than the NBA's. The World Series has more viewers than any entertainment programming it competes against. The sport took in almost $11 billion of revenue in 2019, and while but there will likely be less in 2021 because of the pandemic, it remains a great business. LZ, look, baseball takes a lot of crap, but if no games are lost because of the labor dispute, I think it's all going to be just fine. What do you think?
0: I think we obsess too much over what baseball doesn't do and what it doesn't have and not focus in on what it actually does have, which is fucking fans and a lot of money. 45 million people showed up last season in the midst of like, in COVID, yeah, like Delta, right, Omicron, right, Optimus, and they were all like in all, Texas, like, right? 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 So, and 45 million people still bother to show up, yeah. including a former president, and right. you know, one yeah. of the games. So, yeah. and when you think about it in those terms, that's not a dying sport. You know what's a dying sport? Curling. <laughs> yeah. you know,
1: Cur- <laughs> I, a, I can't. I actually can have no curling. Expertise. Exactly. Like, right. It may be going
0: down. I have no idea. I mean, it, it felt like a good example. Yeah, I get. It. You know, I, get it. I just reached out there and put up <laughs> curling, but. Here's the deal. Baseball's popular is basically. I was going to say, baseball is still popular. I think the perception is, is that people are still trying to tell the story of baseball from a national perspective and not what it actually is, which is a local game that is connected together by a league. Exactly. No one in LA gives two shits about what the Mets are doing. Right. At all. Even if we were facing them in a freaking three game series or whatever, we still would not care. So it's really hard to talk about baseball on a national level because it just isn't a national sport. And I think because it's not a national sport, there's this perception that it must be in trouble. People get psyched up about TV ratings. Listen, the NFL, obviously,
1: uh, is clearly a national pastime. It's the, the sport everyone's obsessed with. But it's also an event. Like this weekend, we all sat down and watched two awesome games on Saturday and two awesome games on Sunday. It was well-orchestrated, well-put-together television. And if, if you didn't care about the Kansas City Chiefs, you still watched that game. Right. If you were in Cincinnati and Cincinnati's not in the World Series, you are less likely to watch that game. Right. But if Cincinnati's in the World Series everyone in your town is watching the World Series. Right. And I think that is the thing that people get lost about baseball. Is uh, You said connected. And I think it's a good way to put it. It's also like stacking, right? You have 30, okay, maybe not Tampa Bay, but like 29, <laughs> like really, really popular franchise, uh, locally, but really popular franchises. And you put them all together and you stack it up. More people are watching baseball right now than any time in, in human history. Right. It's not just in America. That's another thing that people get lost about baseball too. It is a much more popular international sport than the NFL is by like a wide margin. Right, like
0: NFL is not even an international yeah, sport like, it yeah. just pretends yeah exactly right.
1: they, they throw a couple of games that, that, that no one wants to watch anyway right. and say oh, they're in, you're in London enjoy and i think that helps baseball it's a huge money maker now I feel like that's actually been a problem for baseball. One of the reasons they're having these labor issues is because owners are making money even if their team isn't good. Like the whole idea of baseball in the past was always you tried to put a good team on the field so you could get fans to come into gates to go watch your team. Now they make money without doing that. So, and I think you've seen teams like Pittsburgh not being competitive. Cincinnati is a team that's doing that this year. That's that's cutting payroll in that way. I think it's one of the things you're hoping the labor issue will maybe resolve. But I also think it is, because you kind of know that a perception problem. Mm -hmm. there's an old joke about baseball that everybody feels like baseball was perfect the exact moment that they fell in love with it and everything that baseball has done since then is a
0: betrayal of when did you fall in love with baseball how old were you
1: I was eight. I was eight and I was really kind of a nerdy kid. And I, my, my dad would get very frustrated. I struck out in T-ball and he couldn't get me into baseball. It was frustrating because I was his only son. He wanted to go watch baseball with it. And so he, out of desperation, he took me to Bush Stadium. Ozzy Smith, a guy named the Wizard of Oz for crying out <laughs> loud, did like a backflip while running off the field. Willie McGee made a catch at the wall and stole second base. And George Hendrick hit a home run. I was like, this is amazing. I like sports because I liked the Cardinals first. Baseball is my favorite sport. And I think people that love baseball love baseball. They're purists. The NBA and the NFL are constantly changing rules all the time, and nobody really cares. They're like, whatever, just make right. sure it's good on TV. Make sure it makes the game a little bit more fun. But baseball, every single rule, every single right. thing is a massive debate. The Hall of Fame, people pull their hair out about the Hall of Fame. And I would argue, a lot of people look at them, they're like, oh, baseball's so dysfunctional. People are always fighting about it. No. People love baseball. The people that love baseball are so passionate about it that they always feel like there's something wrong with it. The way it was when they were 15, it's changed now. I don't like it as much. That doesn't mean baseball doesn't have stuff to resolve. Every game is just a string of strikeouts all the time. (laughs) I don't know how you solve that problem, but like the idea that baseball is just nobody cares about baseball. It doesn't have the event structure that the NFL does but it has passion and it us it it's better than the nba does i'm not trash i love the nba right. but there's this idea that the nba has juice that major league baseball does and obviously there's a demographic issue baseball's right. fans are older and wider and i think there's that's something that baseball needs to address but the idea that nobody's watching baseball and nobody cares about baseball i don't think is is supported by the facts
0: no it's- Again, it's just a perception issue, yeah. but perception is also reality. Yeah, it matters. Yeah. Because the worst sports franchise is not in the NBA or the NFL, mm-hmm. but those are always the franchises we point to right. for mockery, right? right? <laughs> right, right but right. it's like the Pirates have been the worst oh. for like forever and a day. Oh, yeah. they're and They're not even trying. And They're not even trying, and <laughs> yeah. we don't look at them yeah. and trash them. Right. And the reason why is because baseball is not a national sport. We always make fun of the Cleveland Browns nationally. Right, we right. make fun of the Knicks nationally. But the worst team yeah. has been the Pirates, yeah. definitely since they lost Barry, right. who should be in the Hall of Fame. Obviously. Obviously. Twice. Um, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He should have like three for, for, for different three, three, areas. Exactly. Yes. He should have small head Barry and <laughs> yeah. big head Barry. And then and then massive, <laughs> and monstrous. Then massive monstrous <laughs> head Barry. All three should be in the Hall of Fame. I would ready. And you're right about baseball. People love baseball. I love baseball. I was concession stand working for the Detroit Tigers, yeah. which was like a dream job getting away hot dogs while Jack Morris is on the mountain oh, and shit wow. like that. I like, like The old Tiger like, Stadium? Oh, oh, dude, the old Tiger Stadium uh, was like amazing. Yeah. I mean, the new one is cool too. Yeah, I like you know, like America Park is dope. I'm not yeah, trying I am like to, America but it's- But it's a, like, yeah. I grew up- Yeah, of course. You know, in the shitty of building course, that you had to skip every third step or you may fall Which means you late. love it. Which means I love it. Which <laughs> right. means I absolutely love it. So I love baseball, but I understand why people say that they don't. We have this, what, trusty, dusty athletic- Yeah, so the athletic did this survey. That you should subscribe to The Athletic. It's pretty good. It's I like very it. good. You should watch this show
1: first and give us money. But after you right. do that, subscribe to The Athletic. And they do this poll every year where they ask fans what their feelings on baseball are. It's generally like a mood of the of baseball fans. The Athletic is very hardcore sports fans. I would argue they're maybe more plugged in than the average person. Right. But I still think it's instructive. And I think it's actually a little instructive when it comes to the labor battle
0: right now. Mm-hmm. Like One of the
1: big things is it turns out that in the past, this labor issue, people usually blame the players. I, I would play for free. And these guys are, don't appreciate it. And I think that's changed. And I think mm-hmm. people are clearly blaming the owners, partly because I think player empowerment and like generally understanding of what players go through has made a difference in that. But I also think the way that this negotiation is being run, and I think the way when you see teams like the Pirates that aren't mm-hmm. trying to win, I think it's really frustrating. But I did find it kind of instructive to see how, even in that survey, these are baseball fans. These are people right. that love baseball. But five point eight percent of them said they were happy about baseball. <laughs> I will confess, I get frustrated. I, I think it's two point eight. percent Two point eight. My 2, God. Two point eight percent are happy about baseball. This isn't a, a diversion activity. This is entertainment. <laughs> like twenty five percent are hopeful. Oh, okay, well, there we go. There you go. <laughs> that, I have I, I think that's a higher percentage of the populace at large about the world being <laughs> being uh, being hopeful about it. But I, I would also argue that goes to exactly my point, which is people that love baseball are always like, yeah, but it should be this. And right. what about Pete Rose? And what about the designated hitter? And like minor league pay is an issue, which is a right. big problem. But I'll put it this way. I do not feel like a lot of NBA fans, if you ask them, what's a problem with the NBA? They're like, they're not treating the G League players well enough. Like no, It's a,
0: it's, it's it's a, it's a, a ma- problem. I'm not it, saying it's not a problem. It's a major problem. Yeah. When I look at the 51%, 52% that are disappointed. And then I look at the fact that 58% are upset about the broadcast blackouts. I think there's a lot of intersection there. Yeah, I think like, so, too. Part of the disappointment part of baseball is that baseball makes it hard to enjoy baseball. It's the far, business yeah. of baseball. The humans. The humans who the get hum- in the yeah. way and do right, things like right. jack up ticket prices, take these incredible deals. Like I live in Los Angeles. I don't think you could watch any game for years and years and years oh, and yeah, years yeah. unless you had Spectrum. Right? right? And like, shouts out to you Spectrum because you're the reason why we're able to have all the expense in order to pay for all these players. But what's the use of having all these great players and incredible teams if the people who actually live in a fucking city can't see the game?
1: If you are watching this in Iowa right now, there's like four teams
0: you can't watch.
1: Like you just cannot watch, even if you subscribe to MLB.tv, you cannot watch them because of the blackout rules. Right. People are furious about that. And and it speaks to the thing that I think people get frustrated. It's the humans of baseball, mm-hmm. not baseball. But I also think that at a certain level, people are just going to be disappointed because they love baseball. They freeze it at 15. You even see this now. I grew up watching the Cardinals and that's those teams that stole all the bases and they hit triples and right. there's Vince Coleman and all these awesome players. Baseball's not like that anymore. And so I think a lot of people that grew up loving baseball that way are like, I liked it more when I fell in love with it. There is a 10 year old that lives in my house that loves baseball. I which love watching home it? runs. I actually have never met him. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I wake up and I see him like, who is that? Uh, but he's watching baseball. So I'll, I'll go ahead and stand next to him. I think people are still falling in love with baseball. Mm-hmm. It's just people love to complain about baseball more than they love to complain about any other sport, which I would argue is a feature and not a bug and a sign that the game is
0: going to be fine rather than in this is in this consistent existential peril you know it's one of my favorite baseball stories i took my mom to a tigers game once like recently within the last five years or so and it was a tie score heading into the ninth and she was ready to go Mm. and i was like what (laughs) and she's like, I'm hungry and I don't want to eat this food here. I'm ready to go. (laughs) And so my mom made me leave Comerica Park to walk over to, have you been to Detroit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, the the old Chris Chris Chelios restaurant. So we walked over there and thank God by the time we got there, it was still a tight (laughs) score. But I was like, I can't believe my mom is making me Uh, leave this baseball game. So I brought all that up to say, do you think the game's too long? because that's been an ongoing conversation as well. First of all, that's a perfect baseball story because
1: people have great moments in the NFL. They don't talk about what the people they were with or what they were doing. They talk about the game. When you talk about baseball, you talk about who you were with and when you went and how old you were and the concessions at Tiger Stadium. So there's that, and there's also uh, a person getting bored and wanting to go home, (laughs) which (laughs) which is a combination of uh, (laughs) a very baseball sort of thing. It's
0: a tie score, (laughs) it's a ninth inning. What do you
1: mean you want to go home? I would also say that this is, frankly, one of the rules I think they're going to change that I think they shouldn't. like the extra innings rule the idea that they put a runner on second i might do it in the 11th rather than 12th if you know a game's going to end your mother aside mm-hmm. if you know a game's <laughs> going to end you are more likely to stay to the end of that game as opposed to if yeah. it's a wednesday night i can't make it to the 16th inning i gotta go to work tomorrow and so i think there's a little bit of that i think the issue is less with length of games though and its pace and they've tried to address that really not that successfully One of the issues, frankly, is there's just so many strikeouts. The pitchers have gotten so good. I don't actually think it's hitters just trying to hit home runs all the time. Pitchers are so good that you kind of have to hit a home run when you have that rare moment that you can hit the ball. I don't know how you change that. These young kids are encouraged to throw 100 miles an hour and destroy your arm. Destroy your arm because you're only going to be here for like two years. The Max Scherzers and the Justin Verlanders are very rare. Right, they have these guys coming in. They throw for hundred miles an hour for two years, and then they find some more to do it after that. And it makes the game slower because there's not action. There's not the ball getting hit in play. When I think of how much I love baseball and people love baseball, it was a time where like diving play in the hole, a stolen base, a right. uh, ball there was always off the something. It ha- was something
0: yeah. happening at the base. Yeah,
1: and now yeah, and now it's strikeout or home run or walk. I love baseball. I will love baseball if like literally everybody goes out in a jersey that says Will Leach sucks on the front. <laughs> I'm still going to love baseball. But I do think there's things that they need to. Adjust. So point is, learn your lesson, baseball. Do what I tell you. So before we go, we actually have your questions. I'm so excited. We have Megan Bernie here to read questions for us. Megan, hello. Hello. Megan has been working on our podcast for so long but has never actually done a vocal appearance on the show. I'm very, very excited. So, Megan, please tell us the questions that you're going to pretend came from other people that are actually (laughs) your personal grievances. Okay, so RK asked, Did U.S. soccer make a major mistake by scheduling World Cup qualifying games outside in Minnesota and Ohio in the middle of winter? That is wild. That's happening this weekend. And there's two reasons they did that. One was because they're playing in Canada right beforehand. And so they're trying to trying like acclimate their bodies and, and, the and, and they're trying to like, yeah, like reduce the travel. But the other thing and the major reason is I will put this as gently as I can. They want to have more white people than Latino people there because the other fans take over. So they're going to Minnesota. They have learned that if you play USA Mexico in California no that's not a home game (laughs) that's not a home game So, like that is literally one of the reasons they see this game i don't think they would be explicit about that but i think it's clearly one of the things they're doing so uh, i guess i understand the cynical kind of weird strategy except it's going to snow (laughs) it's going to snow and these are games that the u.s absolutely has to win to get in the world cup and they're putting themselves potentially at a disadvantage so, so, I me, disagree. So, let me
0: get this straight. Mm-hmm. You g- gently just said they're racist. I'm saying as that. As gently as possible. I'm saying <laughs> that they are trying to be temporarily Nordic. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Who the hell decided freezing cold weather was more American than warmth? <laughs> they they <laughs> want a home field
1: advantage. Like, that's why they're doing it. One of the reasons they always play Mexico in Columbus, Ohio, is literally for this reason because there's fewer people there will be rooting for Mexico. Wow. Yep. It's, a, it's literally why they've scheduled the games up. Sounds trash to me. It's pretty trashy, but okay. they want the home field badge. All right, we got another one. Steelers fan 2332 wants to know what team will sign
0: Carlos Correa? Hmm. I was expecting a Steelers question. I was going through too my sad. NFL. Blah, 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 blah. I was hoping... A, I can tell you what team won't be signing Carlos yeah, Correa. <laughs> uh, I was hoping we were going to get like a, uh, what has
1: been Roethlisberger's legacy? And I was like,
0: oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, I still feel like the Yankees are a logical fit. I, I think so. Ya- I know Yankees fans don't, like Carlos Correa, and that's a big
0: problem. I do think if he hits like a bunch of home runs, they'll get over it. Everyone gets over it once yeah. the guy that you hate is on your team yeah. and you realize they're a contributing factor that can help you win. Unless it's A-Rod, <laughs> <laughs> even unless it's Columbia, A-Rod. Yeah. Even, even A-Rod, if he's helping you win, yeah. like- They loved him in 09. For years and years yeah. and years and years, everyone in Chicago hated everyone in Detroit, yeah. hated the Pistons. And then Dennis Rodman showed up yeah, we loved and them. started helping uh, yeah. them win. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Dennis Rodman is a Chicago Bull and no wow. one gives a fuck about the rivalry anymore. I think Bulls, like, Bulls fans, don't, they don't even acknowledge him They don't even they acknowledge more. what happened, right. <laughs> he was just always a Bull. He was just always a Bull. No, never, always a Bull. And, and so I feel the same way when it turns to basically every other. Yeah. But he can't come to LA. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hell, yeah, yeah. He can't yeah, come, yeah. he can't be a Dodger. Yeah, yeah. But the Yankees are so mad about that too. They think they lost that series. Nah, uh, because, but, they, yeah. but they also know that's bullshit. Yeah. Dodgers are legit. Yeah, legit. <laughs> I, get it. I get it, I get it.
1: All right, two more questions. Okay. Okay. We'll stay with baseball. Cathan's 88 wants to know how damaging would it be for baseball if they had prolonged the work stoppage as opposed to other sports?
0: I, mm, there's a work stoppage and then there's a lockout. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I mean, it's losing games. <laughs> if we're losing yeah, games. Yeah, if you're losing games, right. it,
0: that, that's the issue. And I think it, it, it hurts baseball
1: more because kind of getting to the point we had before, people love baseball. If the NFL lost games, people would obviously be angry. But there would be one day, one weekend when there's no games. It would be really annoying. The NFL just added a game to the regular season. And other than the fact that the records all changed, no one was like, okay, cool. Like another, another football game. But right. like, if you lose like two weeks of baseball games, that's 15 games. Like that, that's a ton of games that people games. are losing. And the thing about baseball, if I may wax rhapsodic for a moment, Wait, hold on, let me get comfortable. Yes. Get, get back. Relax. All right. The thing about baseball that I love is I always relate to like like a river park. You can go to the river and just play in the river all day and
0: fish and spend time with the that family. That's the widest thing you've ever said. By the way. Find... <laughs> That's true. Brothers they play in They're playing in the river. What they the fuck, man?
1: A, playing river a river runs through it. Have you ever, ever seen
0: a John Singleton movie or a Spike Lee movie where brothers are just playing in a river? <laughs> I have not. I have <laughs> okay. not. I have That's not. that Robert I have reference shit. We don't do that. That's true. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, you know what we're talking about baseball. Okay, so I think. That's why I
0: brought in Robert Rivers. So I'm, right. saying, I,
1: I'm talking about <laughs> baseball, so I do think the uh, relevance to uh, white people is, is, very, <laughs> is very relevant. But the thing about baseball, too, is if you also just want to drive by the river and not really think about it, but just know that it's there, you can also like it. The thing about baseball is baseball happens. Baseball has to happen. I've got friends asking me, so should I go spring training this year? I'm like, I've... Uh, Probably wouldn't. <laughs> like I probably wouldn't buy any tickets right now until they know it gets resolved. And that messes with the natural rhythm of a baseball season, which is really more about the rhythm and people loving it than it is necessarily about who's going to win this game on a random day in March.
0: You know what I learned about baseball during the, the reopening of the world, if you will, is that there was a nice little window there that just seemed to make sense. Oh, yeah. You bring back baseball around the 4th of July. They were going to do it and they couldn't figure it out. And they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I know. So like the entire globe yeah, shuts down. Yeah. You have an opportunity to come in and be the only thing we can yeah. watch. And you tricked it off. Once I saw that, I was like going, they are committed yeah. to fucking up this sport. Not the way that it's played and not the love people have for it, but the business of baseball time and time again, get in the way of people loving baseball. And I'm afraid... To your point, they're going to do it again this go round. Yeah, well, at least I do remember the first baseball game last year. Also, did feature Donald Trump and Mariano
1: Rivera playing catch in the front yard of the White House. So oh, that, that was, was the thing that sucked yes. last year, 2020. <laughs> okay, one more. Yep. Last question for today from Grace Wine. She wants to know: Is there a realistic Ben Simmons trade?
0: Yeah, I think so. Where would you like to see him go? Where, where's mean, the best fit? I think he should go to Portland. He doesn't want that smoke. Yeah, it's obvious, right? Philly's a tough place to play. That's one. Portland's a little bit more congealed, Yeah, you know, generally speaking. He'll be left alone. He'll he'll be left alone. He'll have an opportunity to develop and become whatever he's ultimately going to be without the scrutiny of mass media because we don't pay attention to Portland on a national level like that. Which is partly one of the reasons why Damian lillard doesn't have as many all-star appearances yeah, right. as he should have yeah, i mean it's not it's,
1: <laughs> Damian lillard for like reasons on and off the court could you make an argument he should be the most popular player in the league
0: yeah a- <laughs> absolutely a- absolutely i mean but, yeah. yeah we can go on and on yeah. about how great he is but because of where he is yeah. and how media is set up nationally speaking we don't really pay attention to him yeah. like that send him there yeah who says no 76ers get someone who provides them outside shooting yeah. And, and they you know, get to move on from this. And they get to move on from this. Yeah. And Portland gets a superstar they can begin to groom and build around and continue being whatever it is they're ultimately going to be. And more importantly, for Ben Simmons, it's a fresh start. Yeah, He can't be traded to a team that's going to have heavy media attention because that's not a fresh start. That's just a different team. What he really needs is a fresh start. Go to Portland. There'll hmm. be media attention, but most of it's going to be about can. Dame Lillard finally right, get his right, championship right, right, with Joel Embiid right, 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 It's right, not going to be Will Ben Simmons lifting right, the corner. Right, no one's doing that story. Right, 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 so I think that makes the most sense. I kind
1: of like Atlanta. I was kind of like I I I like nah, when Atlanta you know, they nah, need. Nah. I I think they're angling for it. I think that that's part of what Cam Reddish was about. That,
0: like um, I feel like it, I don't know. I, 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 and it's and it has nothing they, to your, do. Clearly, the defense is a massive problem. For them. It, it is a massive problem for them. But I just I. Personally, I don't feel, having lived in Atlanta, (laughs) know Atlanta really well, I don't think that's the energy he needs in order to properly become what he needs to be. I can see that. The lemon pepper wings, man. (laughs) <laughs> it's hard to resist. I get, I'm I just it. saying. I'm just one of the first things you did, bro, was start dating a Kardashian. The last thing you need to do <laughs> is be in fucking Atlanta. That is an excellent <laughs> and excellent point. Well, I thank just, you for the
1: questions. Uh, yes. Thank you, and good job. Shout, shout out to Megan. I, I now would like to have her cameo on every podcast and just have us uh, have her pop in and ask us questions. I like that. All right, but you have to pay for it though would I, I, we have to like fly her to wherever we are? She, she I don't just... know. Our boss is over there with
0: all the money. <laughs> yeah. Hey
1: boss, you going to fly her, Megan everywhere we go. He has a cartoonishly large bag with a dollar sign on it and just like a <laughs> bunch of coins. Anyway. So thank you, Megan, for reading the questions. Yes, and thank Megan. you everyone on Twitch yes. for uh, asking. the
0: And that's our show for the week. Thanks everyone for listening to the long game with Elsie and Leach. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to watch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 12.30 Eastern at twitch.tv slash The Recount. That's twitch.tv slash The Recount. The Long Game is produced by Pierre BNMA, Megan Bernie, Roz Guevara, and Marshall Eisen. Our engineer is Leah Jackson. Music is by Gloria Tells. Sound design is by David Wilson. Podcast listeners, we'll be back next Wednesday for a breakdown of the biggest sports stories of the week. And maybe by then the Lakers to be above 500. The only
1: sad part about next week's show, I won't actually be looking at you when we do it. I can see your picture. I'll make you like a puppet.
0: (laughs) A bobblehead.